This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. What a joy to be with you again today. Um, we welcome you with us and we're looking forward to share. We're going to talk to Alta Libba today. And some of you might remember Alta. She had spoken to us last year as well when we spoke about how to befriend addicts or mm-hmm. those who struggle with addictions and how to be real friends to them, not to enable them, but to really help them and to be friends with them. So welcome, Alta. It's lovely to have you back with us today. Thank you, Suk. Uh, nice to be here with you. Very, very welcome from myself as well, Alta. Uh, uh, Yes, in our program we deal with reality, restoration and redemption in the face of addiction. And we uncover intimacy as seeing into me. And today we're going to talk, and this month, we're going to talk about the role of emotions and emotional maturity and how it correlates and how how it interplays with intimacy and the importance of that. So it's lovely to to have you with us, Alta. I know you've been a counselor for many years. You've been mentoring many, many people, and you are in lots of friendships and professional uh, friendships and relationships with people who struggle with addictions. And uh, maybe you can tell us something about your personal background and how it came about that you have an interest in this and that this is part of part of your life. Okay. Oh, okay, let me start off by saying um, when I got married, I had addiction was something very far out of my um, field of experience or my life. I didn't know anything about that or even knew anybody who was addicted to anything. And um, alcohol in our house was really reserved for very special occasions, like on Christmas we might have a little bit of Hanapwit with with our lunch. And so that was my um, exposure to alcohol um, as as a child. And soon after uh, we got married, I started realizing that but alcohol is playing a role in, in my marriage uh, that makes it uncomfortable. Um, so in the beginning, I was sort of uncertain about about what's happening, you know. Was I just brought up to conservatively? Is it a problem? Is it just my imagination? And so on. So right in the beginning, it was really, uh, there was a lot of confusion about this whole issue because I, I didn't know anything about it. And of course, I had to start reading up when when is it a problem um, and and what can you do about it. But I must say, all the books that I read, it did prepare me, but but not not for the real life challenges that you have to face mm-hmm. when you're married to somebody <laughs> Absolutely. who's into alcohol. <laughs> so what it sounds like, I I'll thank you very much, Alta, for sharing. It sounds like. Um, you know, and I think that is the the case with with myself anyway. Uh, when I was in my in the top of my addiction and acting out, mm. is that uh, all the self help and uh, efforts to to help myself um, oh. wasn't wasn't working. Um, and oh. I don't know what 
your relationship with Jesus was at that stage, but you know, I prayed mm. so so often that um, he would relieve me from this addiction, but he didn't answer those prayers um, mm. because mm. there was something else that was needed to be done. Um, so, you know, what place did you get to? Or when did you see that there's something else that is needed? Mm. Well, absolutely. I remember very well in the beginning stages because, you know, um, it's a gradual process. Mm. You're not just one moment sober and the next moment you're addicted. It's a very gradual mm. process. And as we were walking through this process, I just became so despondent. And at that stage, we already had two children. And I was thinking, how on earth am I going to raise my two children in this marriage where, where alcohol is becoming increasingly a problem um, in our relationship? And I remember that I really got to a stage where I was contemplating um, suicide, just sure. making an end to everything. Mm. And it was, I, I really felt as if I was like in a tunnel with, with no light in front. And mm. I, I really didn't know how on earth I was going to make this. Um, and then I actually met Jesus at that stage. That was when I was about 50 years old. Mm. And all of a sudden, I just realized that um, there is a way to deal with this. I mm. didn't know what, but I, I just had this, this hope in me of I'm not alone in this anymore. Mm. Um, and I think that is what gave me the courage to, to continue mm. um, making a lot of mistakes. But it's been a growth process um, from the start and not just growth in my marriage, but, but my relationship with the Lord was, um, it, it really took me uh, from the lowest places to the highest places, and uh, it's, been, it's been a journey. Mm. Um, not always easy, most mm. often not easy. <laughs> yes. So uh, like you say, easy. what happened now when you came to know Jesus? Because you still have all these emotions because we're talking about mm. emotions, especially uncomfortable emotions. And I'm sure you had a lot yes. of that um, during yes. this process of your husband's growing addiction from just um, you mm. maybe abusing alcohol into becoming addicted to alcohol. So what mm. were the emotions mm. that you experienced? And then even after you came to know a, be, become a Christian, how did you deal with this? Mm. Yeah, it's actually interesting. You know, sometimes we think that the moment you become a Christian, now it's this magic hour mm. of everything disappearing and becoming uh, just a Landy dandy, but but it's not that. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. I remember quite soon after becoming a Christian, I started working at a Christian organization. And now, you know, all of a sudden you're surrounded by wonderful, beautiful people mm -hmm. and they all look so, so happy and mm -hmm. so Christian-like and so on. And I remember the depth of self-pity that I went through at that stage. Mm. And I would look at their lives and their stories, and I'm looking at my own story, and I'm thinking, what a mess. And I, I used to feel so sorry for myself. So mm. I think that was that was really vivid at that stage, the self-pity that I, that I had to go through. Mm. And then also, of course, um, the sort of... Um, 
I'm trying to think of that the right word, like self-righteousness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you'll have the self-pity. And then um, I remember um, also at one stage, and, and that's, what's so, that, what, that's what's so amazing, is how God just takes everything that you're going through, all these emotions that you go through. I remember writing a poem one day, I called it something like, the pity party, I think, was the, the name of the poem, mm. where Jesus just showed me, you know, how I would just dress myself in self-pity and how that, that is not what he wants for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, um, when I became more, um, um, it became easier for me to handle the difficult situations. Mm. With that, would then come the self-righteousness mm. where, you know, you, now I'm a Christian and now I've learned how to handle this. I don't feel pity anymore. I don't feel self-pity. And I'm so able to handle the situation in a godly manner, you know. Um, and, and I think that must have been a terrible time for my husband mm. to deal with mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. he just had this sense of, okay, now he's got this wife that she's so in control and she can do everything. And and the more I think I acted out of self-righteousness, the more he felt shame and the more mm-hmm. he, he tried to, to justify himself mm-hmm. in what he was doing mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. What, what I notice, Alta, is... There was a shift from self-pity to self-righteousness. And um, I always say that that very often comes from comparison. In other words, when I start looking at other people and comparing myself to them. So either I, uh, that was my experience, I either become judgmental and uh, that is if I'm self-righteous or I become low in my esteem of myself and I go into shame and I say, oh, mm. they're so much better than me. I will never get there and, mm-hmm. uh, and so mm. forth. So mm. this, the thing about comparison is very, very important to avoid mm. because it has mm. an incredible influence on our feelings and our emotions. Mm. And uh, as you rightfully said, even even had an impact on on your husband, who was struggling mm, with mm. Uh, with the alcohol addiction. Mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Let's take a quick break, and then we can talk more. And when we come back, we can talk about when you learned how to deal with the emotions in a healthy and a positive way. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back, Alta. So we are interested to hear what you're going to tell us about. How did you learn to handle your emotions and process it in a healthy way as a Christian? Because that is also not so easy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, um, as I've mentioned before, it really is a journey. And it's just the fact of taking your emotions to the Lord, not suppressing your emotions. But mm. um, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, when 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 your partner or the person that, that's addicted, their emotions are also fluctuating the whole time. And it sort of affects you, but you can make that choice, whether you are going to, to be like a sponge, where you just suck up their emotions and it becomes your own emotions, mm. or whether it's going to be like having on a breastplate and deflecting their 
uh, emotions and just really experience what you are experiencing mm-hmm. and taking that to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So throughout the process, that's something that um, I would I don't think I would have been able uh, to go through this without having been able to do that. To just mm-hmm. take every emotion to the Lord and to allow Him to show you the the um, the negative attitudes of my own heart mm. as well. Mm. Um, I, I I used to have this thing when I when I would spend time with the Lord, I would go to Him and I would say, Lord, this is what my husband is saying about me, whatever it might be. You know, there's a lot of emotional abuse involved as well. Mm. And then I would take it to Him and I would say, this is this is what He is saying. Is that true? Is mm. that how I am? Am I selfish? Am I like this? Am I like that? Mm. Mm. And often uh, the Lord would answer me by saying, um, you know what, what he's saying, he is saying to you out of a place of his own hurt. Mm. Or he might say, yes, you know, you are a bit selfish. Mm. Look at that. Mm. Um, mm. And then allowing him to help you to work through Whatever it may be, your self pity, your self righteousness, your 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 selfishness, your mm, pride, mm, uh, mm. all those things. It, it, I remember a bird, um, one specific way it, it's normally interpreted as is the verse that says, "The joy of the Lord is mm. my strength." Mm. And initially, I interpreted that verse as, um, "If I have joy in the Lord." That will give me strength. And then one day, as as I was pondering on this verse, uh, it dawned on me that it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. In other words, it's a focus away from myself and a focus to the Lord. Mm. So if His joy gives me strength, I had to find out that what gives Him joy. Mm. And what gives Him joy is, is very often not what gives me joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I I would wallow in self pity or um, but but if I um, sort of die to myself mm. and and in obedience to what He wants me to do, mm. that gives Him joy, mm. and that's not always the easy thing to do. Absolutely. But that's and if you know that you've given joy to the Lord with whatever, um, that's the thing that gives you. The strength to carry on. Mm. Alta, I, I notice there are very, very important things you are saying. But if I if I just take a st- one step back and um, mm. there, I, I see there needs to be an awareness first. And you know, many times people. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that phrase. Uh, awareness. You need to be aware awareness. of what is happening inside of your heart. And you, uh, and you know, many people say women are very emotional and men are not emotional. <laughs> and, mm. and, and we know that's not true. Um, you know, mm. so even if people that are listening think that perhaps it's not true, mm. men have emotions and sometimes mm. more intense motions, emotions. Mm. But I, if I look at myself uh, before I embarked on a journey of recovery and restoration, I was mm. unaware of my emotions. I was unaware mm. of those emotions. Mm. And when I, as I was unaware, I was not able 
to take this very, oh. very important step that you're talking about is taking it to the Lord. Mm. Um, mm. Because that's his invitation. He says, come to me if you're weary, mm. if you're burdened, yes. uh, if you're feeling whatever way. He says, come to me mm. and I will give mm. you rest. And um, mm. Mm. so I think it's very, very important that we are very aware and then to take the next steps. Um, so yeah. was there a point where you started becoming more aware of your emotions uh, and then took certain steps? Sure. I, I can't think of a specific um, mm. moment that, that I became more aware of my emotions. I think I was always very much in tune with my own emotions. But I, I do think that you tend sometimes to suppress your emotions. Mm. Um, and there's, there's also, I think in Psalm, Psalm 15, there's a verse where he says, he who speaks truth in his heart. Mm. So it's actually to, 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 get, to get to that place where you can honestly admit this is the way that I'm feeling mm. at the moment. Um, I remember also at a specific stage in my life where, where God took me to, to focusing on, on joyful things instead of just focusing on all the negative around me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a wonderful period of time. But at one stage, I realized what I did was I, I sort of um, found myself at a place of where I, I was hiding in joy. I was hiding from the pain. Mm-hmm. In the mm. joy, mm. instead of acknowledging the pain, sort of running away from the pain and just wanting to, to have all these joyful experiences. Mm. Mm. And that also brought me to a standstill where I had to say, but you know what, it's, life is not just all joy and fun. Mm. I have to face the reality of the pain uh, and deal with the pain. Don't, don't, don't focus mm. on that and don't mm. find mm. yourself in the, the mud puddle of the pain. Mm. But mm. be aware of the pain, deal with it, and then that will give you the ability to really find the joy that God wants for us. Mm, absolutely. And I think it's so true what you're saying. Um, also, as a as a partner as an, of, of so people who struggle with addictions, and I know many people mm. that are listening are in that boat, um, mm. we, we, get thro- we get dumped in emotions, in deep, uncomfortable mm. emotions. And then uh, as a Christian, okay. often we feel... That we should praise God and we should move on and forgive and forget, but and that's mm. where for a big t- a big part of my life I did what you did. Mm. I also, like you said, I hid in joy, the joy of the Lord, and did not handle mm. that stuff. And that when I really mm. started connecting with the emotions and like David, and there are so many Psalms in the Bible mm. where David had written deeply about his anger, about his frustration. Where are you, Lord? Why are you not hearing me? Why are you not saving me? And that's often what we experience. There was a deeper connection with myself, with the Lord and with others, because mm. like you say, it's only then when we start processing those emotions. Mm-hmm. And I also think that um, sometimes we act out our emotions, mm. and that normally has a negative effect exactly. instead of verbalizing our emotions. Mm. So you, you might get angry and you might act out of your anger, mm. uh, and that, that 
it will just bring negative results. Yeah, Whereas when, when you realize the anger and you are able to verbalize it mm. in, in a calm and a positive way, then that, that brings healing. Exactly. Mm. The Bible mm. says we shouldn't act in our anger. We shouldn't sin in our anger. It doesn't say don't be angry, mm. but don't sin mm. in our anger, mm. right? Mm. And then yeah, rather yeah. express that and look for for ways that, that, um, that you can work through it and mm. connect with each other and solve the mm. whatever the issue is mm. instead of mm. just doing that. Oh, it's so easy for us to sit at a program like this, <laughs> hey, and to talk so nicely about these things in a calm way. But um, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. just today for Frederick and me, when we were late and we didn't do, you know, it's it's so easy to act <laughs> out of anger and to just yeah. be upset with each other and not to really do these things. It's always mm. easier to talk about mm. it when uh, when we calm. <laughs> and the problem is if 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 you're um, in a relationship or married to somebody who's addicted, there's very few um, opportunities to really speak the truth in love. Mm. And what then happens, you use all those opportunities and it becomes these very serious conversations where we are now speaking the truth in love. Mm. And, this, you know, instead of also just taking those moments and enjoying it and, and savoring it for what it is. So that that became a habit. And I think up, up until now, my husband, if I say, can we, can we go and have a coffee? He's got a negative reaction to that because, mm. oh my goodness, now here it comes. Now mm. we're going to speak the truth. You know? mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's one of the mistakes that I definitely made instead of just enjoying special moments, uh, sober moments. Mm. Um, it always became this very serious mm. conversation. So, what I, no- <laughs> what I notice, thank you, Elta, what I notice is that uh, something that both Suki and I struggled with for years. And mm. what we really need to guard against is the enmeshment. You were talking mm. about, uh, you know, being with, uh, hu- your husband's feelings that influence your feelings mm. and your feelings mm. that influence his feelings. Mm. And it mm. was a, for many years, it was like that for Suki and I, myself. And mm. we really still need to guard against that enmeshment mm. so that. I do not take responsibility for his mm. emotions, and he yes. uh, doesn't take responsibility for mine, mm. you know, or my partner. Mm. But you know what? I mm. think we can talk about that in the next program when we talk about relationships, and especially with regards to feelings and addictions, and how those that works out in the relationships. Mm. Mm. So thank you very, very much, Alta, for um, this episode that we were, once again, you know, we think that we could have continued for quite a while still. (laughs) But fortunately, we're going to chat again next week, and then we're going to continue to talk about our feelings and our emotions and regulating them in a in a helpful and in an appropriate way. And also next week we're going to talk about from the addict's point of view because this week we're talking more from the partner of the addict mm. but mm. also what emotions the person struggling with the addictions, what they have. And yeah. Of course, there are many complicated questions that are <laughs> that we can continue <laughs> to unravel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just uh, to rem- yeah, thank you, Alta. And just to remind the listeners, if you missed... Uh, 
our first episode of the month or any of the other episodes, please look for it at kpulpit.co.za forward slash um, podcasts forward slash into me see and um, yeah, you have a selection from the library you can listen to any of the previous programs and uh, yeah if you enjoy it send it to a friend and uh, let's get connected and if you have any questions or comments or which we would really really uh, welcome and, and enjoy please send it to Frederick Suki, F-R-E-D-E-R-I-K-S-O-E-K-I-E at kpulpit.co.za. Until next week, see you. Bye. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.